Thanks again for listening to Unpack. But if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, this has become possible because of our Patreon subscribers. So we're just going to give a few shout outs for the people that actually fund the podcast and our writers in order for us to release this content freely. So to these people, we thank you. To Jared, Alex, Ezekiel, Becky, Naisha, Chad, Dana, Lewis, and Isabella. You, re- you really read that out like it was an honor roll. I love that. Bro, I was like, <laughs> I was like scrolling down. Can we all stand for these names? <laughs> so from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you. And not only for the two of us, but for the writers that you support who are producing quality content for New Zealand media. Let's get back to the episode. Welcome back and thanks for joining us for part two of this episode where we discuss the dole, the benefit, the welfare system of New Zealand. This next article will be focusing on something a little bit different, a little bit more recent. It's by Stuff and it was published May 25th, 2020. Headline is weekly $490 payments for unemployed workers in $1.2 billion government relief scheme. The tagline is, the government will pay workers who lose their jobs due to coronavirus more than double the unemployment benefit for 12 weeks. Yikes. Mm. (laughs) Now, for those who don't know, $490 a week is a lot of money uh, for anybody that's going to be unemployed. But obviously, it's not as much as somebody would have been making You know, a lot of people that lost their jobs through coronavirus were working in hospitality or tourism or, I mean, at the end of it, anywhere, right? Yeah, this is an interesting one, eh? Because you can look at it from a couple different perspectives. From one take, you could say, okay, a lot of people who's lost their jobs might have been on a higher income than what the benefit would pay. Mm. And they may have higher rent to pay. So therefore, they might need some more money to keep their rent payments, that they can keep living in their current financial situation. Absolutely. Now, however, on the face of it, you just look at it, it doesn't come out looking too great. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, the headline is is sort of written to... Oh, of course. ...to push that, right? So, Kuda's comment says, They get more than beneficiaries. Make it all fair. Beneficiaries is struggling to make ends meet from week to week. Equality of fairness is to be recognized in all areas. It says equality. It means equity. I believe. I hope it does. Or maybe it means equality. Yeah, either. I was going to say, because the L may think it could be equality. Either way, you understand what they're trying to say. I understand what they're trying to say. And I mean, I guess the points here are the rewards the government is giving out to those who are already able to gain employment, right? So Mm, That's true. You're in a position to be employed. You deserve a little bit more. Whereas there are people on the benefit who are voluntarily and, un- and involuntarily unemployed mm. who are getting the same amount of dollars and just saying, well, you know, if you can't get a job and you never had a job, well... Then we're only going to give you this. Yeah, we're not, yeah, not going to give you any more money because just because situations have changed around you doesn't mean that you've changed, right? Yeah. And I feel like the government is sort of saying that like, okay, well, look, the 1% or 2% of the people who are on the benefit... And about to get off to get a job, mm. and the job f- fell through, they're just going to be like, oh, we don't care. Sorry, we can't do much about that. We don't care. But if you did lose your job, you are eligible for a $490 12-week payment, Yeah, which is also interesting because it's timed. 
Mm. That's 12 weeks. Yeah. There's an expiry date on this. Yeah, well, it's kind of like the government's wage wage subsidy, right? Because exactly. Because a lot of wage subsidies, I think, were based around 12 weeks. And think, they sit there without knowing how long we were going to be in lockdown. Yeah. Right? They said that 12 week, then we'll reassess. And of course, something, with something like the wage subsidy, that was extended, but... Calling me out of my jargon as well. Volunteer, voluntarily and involuntarily unemployed. So that is basically when... If voluntarily unemployed is somebody who does not want to be employed... Somebody who is voluntarily sitting down and saying, I do not want a job, right? And that could be for their own personal reasons, or that could just be for somebody who doesn't like the system. Involuntary unemployment is somebody who is unable to find a job, who is not choosing this life. And that is not only people who are like, I can't find a job because my CV is not good enough or whatever. It's also people who are struggling with disabilities, people who are struggling with uh, mental illnesses and mental health issues such as PTSD um, and are unable to put themselves in the workforce at this time. And WINS will take care of all of those people. Next comment is from Bryce. Bryce says, The unemployment benefit should be permanently time-tiered so that it's higher for the first couple of months, perhaps tied to the average salary, then it reduces. So when I read that one, I was like, okay, so what happens if someone remains on the benefit for a number of years? So after I was like, sorry, honey, you've been on it too long. Yo, times, that's savage. I can understand the thinking in theory, but the actual application of saying, all right, you got two years. After two years, you're on your own. We ain't supporting you at all. Yeah. I'm not sure about that one, Bryce. I'm I'm not sure about that one. However looked into it, and there is a, a brilliant academic article, and if I could just shout out Hamish Lowe and Kostas Migir um, for writing an academic article on the impact of time limits yeah. um, on employment and the social safety net, right? Where people who, what, what we're going to say now is beneficiaries, they weren't called beneficiaries in 1996, um, the USA to family system, um, basically they said, look, if you're a single mother, we're going to give you a, a welfare check. Mm. Right. And we are going to time limit, though. So instead of saying you have a welfare check for the rest of your life, we're saying that you have a welfare check for six months. And at the end of that time, it's over. Like if you don't have a job, you're out on your face. It's game over for you. You've lost. Right. And so what Bryce here is saying that like it should be permanently time tiered to push people into unemployment. To try and incentivize them. Yeah, try to incentivize them to get a job, right? Where Bryce goes a little bit too Professor X is saying where like it's higher for the first couple of months and then it yeah. lowers. And then like, it lowers that lowering, I'm like What are you doing to people? You're literally changing people's lifestyle for what? Yeah. Now that's that's just not nice. But we're gonna look at the first part of that comment and say, Okay, well, what if it was permanently time tiered? So Single mothers in 1996. This was a, this was a study done, and it was it was honestly this is one of the best articles that I've read. But it showed that it pushed them to get jobs. Mm. Employment went up when it was time tiered, um, and the change in the welfare use actually went down. So not only were people being pushed to get jobs, and they were putting themselves out there to get them, single mothers also didn't want to be on the benefit for the entire six months. Yeah, yeah, and. Putting it in a different perspective, they also had one on marriage. Mm. Now, this one was, like, interesting to me, right? So, if you are in a relationship and you're saying, you know what? Let's get married. And you get married and you're all good. 
they will let you know that if you want to get divorced, y'all have to be separated for a year and then come here and be like, we still want to get divorced. Is it one or is it two? Because I think I've heard before that it's two, but in just this, a fat check you. In this situation, it's one. In New Zealand law oh. right now today, it is two. There we go. Right? There we go. So even if you have a, a, a little fight with your partner and y'all have disagreements and whatever and you split up and you want to get a divorce, you have to wait two years to be separated, mm. right? And then you can, you're eligible for a divorce, right? And what that time limit does in this effect, for, so looking at the United States in here, and I believe it's in the 2013 study, where it says, all right, if you're in a relationship year, blah, 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 people actually made up. Like, divorces went down. It's almost a bit of like a cooling off period. Because, I mean, when you're in a bit of a tiff, you're angry, you're upset, then you go away, think about it, and you're like... Ah, uh, that was my bad. Yeah. That was my bad. Exactly. And, but, like, also telling people that, like, now nah, you have to wait. You have to sit it out. You made this commitment to this other person. You have to wait. Yeah, it made it made divorces, divorces, it made divorces go down. And on the time limit thing as well, look, employment increased and dramatically. So the time tier did work. In some sense, it does incentivize the, the behavior that we're wanting to see. However, what's the well-being like of someone who knows that I got six months to make this work? Otherwise, we ain't eating. The, s- the studies show that the well-being dramatically dropped of everybody involved. Yeah. Not just because they were on a time limit, but because they felt as if they were not a part of the framework of society anymore. Right? Because a time limit is something which we are never given. Mm. We are never given a time limit because the only time that we are focusing on is the time of death. Even a traffic light is about 15, 17 seconds. Max. Right? That's the only time limit that we have to, that we have to focus on. Every other time limit that we are given in this life, in, this, in, in everyday life, is fabricated. Yeah. It might be a Mario Kart time. It might be the time on your watch that I have to get to a meeting. But at one point you will sit down and you will realize, and I don't know if this is going too nihilistic with Nah, it, let's go. I'm all here for this conversation. That it doesn't matter. Time is a social construct. It but like we doesn't matter. We could do an entire... I'm not sure people want an entire episode. I don't know just if they us do. sitting there talking about time. But for these people on this benefit, for the first time in their life, time had mattered incredibly so incredibly that they were going to lose their money and perhaps a chance at ever gaining assets in six months yeah it does not surprise me that the well-being would have been horrible because they just would have been stressed the entire i hate to say it time yeah you're absolutely right and so being exposed to time limits while it will Yeah, incentivize and increase your productivity will lower your well-being. And honestly, probably you probably want to be on that welfare system. Yeah. So the comment by Bryce is factual. Mm. The the, the second part of it is wrong. Yeah. Um, We already looked at the dramatic decrease of the well-being of these people. Could you imagine if we started at a higher and for the first couple of months and then slowly decreased it? Yeah. All while... (laughs) 
the normal rate of inflation is making people get paid a little bit more. Oh, of course. Like, come on. Like, so your that purchasing is, power is going way, way, way down. That is literally making the rich rich more <laughs> poor. Like, that is, that is all that is. Exactly. Um, and once again, like, if you, if you do want to read this article, it is on Voxius, so voxeu.org. And it's just about the effects of time limits um, on welfare. And they look at a bunch of, bunch of different things. Um, fantastic article. Holly says, I think this is a fantastic scheme. I'm not sure why beneficiaries are complaining about the amount, though, as nothing has changed for them. Their life is the same. This is for people who have been working and now have taken a significant loss of income due to COVID. Their cost of living will be more than someone who is used to living off the standard benefit rates. Two things here. Mm. Let's split, split this into two. So when, yeah. when they're talking about, I'm not sure why beneficiaries are complaining about the, because nothing has changed for them. You're right. Nothing has changed for them. However, looking at what that person over there is getting paid. That changes things. That changes things because the, like all, jo- all jokes aside, all numbers aside, they're in the same position as me now. 100%. They are unemployed, but they're making double what I am. Mm. And why? Of, because they lost their job during this period of time? Okay. I lost my the, job five years ago. Exactly. I haven't been able to get back since, mm. and I'm still on the same amount of payments. So yeah. that's why they would be changing for them, and that is Holly here has failed to realize that that's why people are upset. Yeah, she's failed to put themselves in you know in the other people's shoes. Like you, you gotta, you really gotta come empathetic in these comment sections, mm. man. Um, but the second part of the the comment is, I think, quite interesting. Um, their cost of living will be more. And someone who is used to living off the standard benefit rates. We, I think you, you. That's this is the point that I was kind yeah. of making previously. Like, and just looking at a base rent level, right? I mean, if you're use if you're used to earning two thousand dollars per week or something, you're pro- you may live in a relatively nice place. Yeah, a very very nice place that is going to cost quite a lot. Yeah, because you would have set yourself up exactly because you can afford to at that point in time. And if you lose all of your income. The government support is going to need to be a little bit greater for you to keep that level of living. Mm-hmm. Mm, exactly. And keeping that level of living is so beneficial to your routine, your mental health, your, your, your well-being, so, your social status as well. And I know we can't rate social statuses, mm. but like, come on. Like. The next article that we're going to look at is from the New Zealand Herald, uh, published on October 11th, 2017. Uh, the headline is Christchurch benefit fraudster sent to jail. Tagline is a Christchurch grandmother who admitted a $250,000 benefit swindle has been jailed for nearly three years. Ooh. Also labeling Christchurch grandmother. I think that's an interesting title, right? Like, Oh, that's a whole other episode. The way that the news label different people yeah. and different groups of society that has some massive biases in place. Because immediately you see grandmother, you're like, oh, grandmother from just down the road. Oh, yeah. Like, you feel sympathetic for that. And the photo is of the grandmother. And she's just there biting her lip. Like, getting the, like, you know, getting the, getting the treatment by the court system. 100%. The thing is, I'm not saying this is specifically related to grandmothers. This is an issue across the board, especially the images that media use. Like, we know if we ever get caught in trouble, oh, they're going to uh, find, bro, they're going to find the worst, most yeah. aggressive, angry, angsty teenager photo of both of us. And it's over for us. Then no one's on our side. Tabby Sabanda. 
lying statistician. <laughs> yeah. <see? laughs> like, it's going to be over for us. Oh, my God. Um, but I thought you were going to say something so much worse. Uh, <laughs> I was like, bro, don't trash me. Um, Robin's comment says, yet you can swindle people out of millions using a fraudulent company and get a slap with a wet bus ticket. <laughs> Yeah, I love the slap of a wet bus ticket. That imagery itself is so good. Because no one wants that. That's some like, oratory garnish, man. Also, slap with a wet bus ticket is like a New Zealand. That's such a New Zealand idiom. saying. Like that yeah, is. I've never ever. Because this is like yeah, slap on the wrist. Yeah, but a wet bus ticket, <laughs> which I'm just oh, that's that's fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, you can. Absolutely. With a fraudulent company, you, you, and you're absolutely right. We investigate a higher rate of welfare recipients than taxpayers. You know, 5% of welfare recipients are investigated in an average year, but like, there's not even a percentage of taxpayers. That so it's like less than 1%? It's less than 1%. Oh my it's less than 0.01%. Yeah. I see, I see, I see. Yeah, we yeah. really don't like people in the welfare system, do we? Well... The, the, here's the thing, right? The argument for, by the other side would be, oh, well, there's less people on welfare than those of us who pay tax. But at the same time... I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, that's... <laughs> like, like, come on, there's not a lot that MSD and IRD are doing otherwise than, like, investigating welfare recipients. So we have a greater number of criminal prosecutions of welfare fraudsters... Fraudsters. Than tax <laughs> evaders. In a typical year, there are between 600 and 900 prosecutions of welfare fraudsters and 60 to 80 prosecutions of tax evaders. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And like tax evasion is a whole different topic. I mean, we talked about tax avoidance last time, right? Where there's $1.2 billion like, dollars of tax avoidance. Tax evaders? I'm not even sure we'd be able to estimate that. We can't estimate that because like if you're evading tax we don't know dang and that is the height of white collar criminals absolutely like that is and for those who do not know what a white collar criminal is it is somebody who is put in a position of power or employment and trusted um with a large responsibility and totally make something happen that's not supposed to happen and it's a crime mm. they're still criminals they're just Regardless. called white collar criminals because they wear dress shirts oh, yeah man. i don't know where blue oh, collar yeah, i don't yeah. know where it comes from but yeah. something like that yeah. exactly exactly um, but also, a higher proportion of prison sentences are given to welfare fraudsters. Yeah. For a lower level of offending compared to tax evaders. Like, 67% of welfare fraudsters received a prison sentence, right? And they were only frauding about 70,000, 76,000. Mm. But 18% of tax evaders received a prison sentence. And that number came in at just under a quarter million dollars. For, that's so, our average. For the amount of offending they're doing... There's more money there, mm -hmm. but they're getting prosecuted at a much lower rate. Oh, ridiculously. ridiculously. I see. Yeah. I see. And of course, the, the argument is, well, this person offers something to society. I mean, that's implying that your value to society is based on the job that you have. Yeah. Which, that's a whole other conversation to have, but that is a very interesting implication to have. Exactly. Mm, mm. And I mean, we, we can go on about that for hours, but next episode. Next comment is by Lindsay. Lindsay says, had she been a white collar, white male thief, she'd have got four months in a minimum security lockup with attached golf course and six months home detention. 
While there is no need for deterrence, it apparently costs 100k a year to imprison someone. So the sentence appears stupid. Can you hit that button? Just like yeah, that. I'm gonna hit that button so yeah, hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well done, Lindsay. But it's also what about is the point yeah. around it costs 100k a year to imprison someone. So does that mean that if the crime isn't worth 100k a year, we shouldn't imprison them? Could you like, imagine? That's, that's what they're saying. Could you imagine if my like crime came out at like 97,000? Like, oh, yes. are you good? Yes. Are you good? You good? In your face. <laughs> um, we we also spend 91k on prisoners a year, not. Right. 100k look i'm not mad at like yeah, rounding. no hey rounding is yeah, rounding exactly. is dope it's cool um had they been a white collar criminal my white male thief four months in a minimum security uh like, no of course it is. they wouldn't have gotten any lockup no, time no that'd be no. all good they'd uh, be out in the streets probably be a fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah they could probably still go to a golf course and yeah. they probably still will spend six months home detention i mean just inside ruin called detention um <laughs> No, hey, great comment, Lindsay, but it is a whataboutism. They are not a white-collar, white-male thief. This Christchurch grandmother um, who evaded is the right word? Uh, I think it's a... Yeah, I think the word that you can't swindled. Yeah. But the Christchurch grandmother is Jasmine Cassiana T.O.Y. Hudson, um, and I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, but... She ripped off the system repeatedly for 15 years, between 2000 and 2015, right? Um, and I like Lindsay's comment of like, look, if it was a white-collar criminal, we'd no time. That's 15 years of fraudulent behavior. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, of course... Something gonna happen. Like, one year is bad, but 15, 15? years is like, you've made this your career. You've made a conscious decision to do this every single year. Yeah, like, and linking it back to the part in part one, survival. We get it. Survival. There's different levels to it. Top fan Robert says, stop making excuses for her. Benefit fraud is ripping off everyone that works and supports them in the first place. I almost feel like Robert was listening to us being like, come on, survival. <laughs> nice, Robert. Um, that's an interesting take, though. It's, it's ripping off everyone. That works and supports them. Mm. That's almost like a cycle. <laughs> so I guess that implies that being on the benefit is actually an okay thing to do. And fraud is ripping people off. Which is 100% true. Absolutely. We completely agree with that. That's I, the, the I get implied it. message. I get it. But it, it kind of misses the point of like, if somebody's on the benefit and they're they're they're, they're cheating it. Like, that's still not. Okay, hold on. Let's. I want to break this down. Let's look at Fruber. Let's look at free <laughs> Uber. Okay, because I've heard a lot of people sort of say, "Look, Fruber is it's okay because it's I'm justified just, because I'm just ripping off the company." Yeah, and also I'm trying to eat and I can't eat and I need I need money or I need to eat and I I hey. Was again survival. Look, survival. It. There's different levels to it. I get it, but if you are one of the arguments against Fruber is you have a phone, a working SIM card to get <laughs> your Uber. You have a credit card account, or an online yeah, account of some description to register to Apple Pay. So you're yeah. already in a bank, which means you've got money in your bank. Which also, like, I don't know how hard it is to sign up to a bank, but when I was a kid, it was like. 
they needed to know that there's going to be money in here in yeah. this bank account. Like, you have to put it in a deposit. Yeah. All right? You can't just set one up. So, it's like Uber Eats. It's not like... Like, you you have... There's levels to get to the point where you can order Uber Eats. Yeah. You also have to have an address, a fixed abode mm. for, the, for the food to come to. <laughs> so, like, that's... A whole different like you there's you have to be somewhere is yeah you have to you have to be at a certain point of economic status status i was gonna say yeah yeah but here it's like you're on the benefit and you're needing more money Mm. (sighs) there's levels to it right yeah yeah but as you also said before benefit fraud you people are acting like it's just ripping off of them Whereas it's not, you know, we'd have to grab 10 friends and we all share a cent. We're balling on that cent, though. Oh, we are balling on that cent. What do you mean? Grab the oysters. Um, uh, not not really correct, Robert, but you are correct. And fraud is bad and, and being on the benefit is an okay thing to do. You're correct. Yeah. Next article we're going to be looking at is from News Hub, uh, published on January 24th. And the headline is, there's just not enough. Couple on benefits starve for three days a week so kids can eat. Tagline says, and it's a quote by the man being interviewed, there might be a little bit left over for food. If you've got a car, then good luck. And if you've got children, that's even harder. This article was meant to be tear jerking. And in the photo, in the article, you know, it's, it's a man and he's, he's grimacing at the camera. Um, he's in fluorescent yellow, so I'm I'm assuming he's worked a trade in his life some at some stage. Some form of construction, potentially. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's 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 pictured on a, a playground. Um, as I said before, it's it's supposed to be tear jerking, um, and News Hub definitely got it with nearly three thousand reactions and likes, with the most ones being sad, sad reactions. Um, but let's look into the comments. Pauline says, in some instances, people also lack skills with cooking. For instance. That can make a huge difference to what and how you cook. Are these types of issues ever addressed as well? I hate this rhetoric. Yeah. I hate it. Because it's so blind. And Pauline is probably... Once again, this is why we do this podcast. Because Pauline is once knowing no better and twice being... Like, thinking they're being helpful. Right? But... We both know how to cook. That's fine. But telling somebody who is poor and is struggling to feed their kids. Starving themselves for three days. That the problem is, hey, look, you need, you need to cook. Are these types of issues ever addressed? Hey, just learn how to cook. This is a problem. And, and let's break this down, Tabby. Me and you can sit here and say it's very easy to eat off of $3 a day. Yeah. And I see loads of university students doing it. I see people doing blogs. Mm. I see people doing YouTube challenges. Like, I can eat off 20 bucks a week. Look at me. And the first thing they do is they turn on a microwave. Yeah. The first thing they do is they turn on a kettle. And they don't even consider the fact that the privilege that they have to have that kettle, to have that microwave. It's capital items that is the difference. 100%. Okay. People like us who are living in houses with heating, with an oven with a fridge, a saucepan, a toaster, so much as tongs. Just yeah, utensils. Utensils. Like we can eat for three dollars a day because if we buy a microwave recapable thing, we can also get milk out the fridge or water from the faucet that we, we can, can just trust. have noodles and just 
and just go for it. But some people do not have those capital items. And as this person said in the uh, in the article, in the tagline, you know, if you've got a car, then good luck. If you've got children, that's even harder. Some people are living in their cars as well. Mm. Um, Some people living in garages. Like, like, like this comment here is so blind to the fact that like, oh, why don't you just use the this? And it's like people don't have that. People don't even know where to start. And going back to the the point in part one as well, where we're like more money is just a short-term fix. It's like, it's not. That 70 bucks a week could probably get me a second-hand microwave. And yeah, from you, there, I go up. It, it helps you invest, as you say, into those capital issues. It can give you just that little bit of a head start, a little bit of a leg up that can benefit you long-term. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, look, a lot of the comments under this post were actually like, hey, I hear you. Something like, needs to be done. Like, and we've been through the same thing. And some people here were like, yo, you know, we've, we've been through this um, last year and we got through, you'll be okay and all that. But I just wanted to focus on this comment because I was like, people don't understand that. There is a level of privilege in this comment. There's a level of privilege. So thanks for the comment, Kapulian. We're going to finish off the podcast with looking at um, an article which we wanted to focus on. Um, but we didn't have time to because the comments sort of had already gone over topics that we've already discussed. But the comment is, the, sorry, the article is by Stuff. Um, the headline says, Matidia Toure campaigned for political parties while on benefit. As we know, Matidia Toure was on benefit. And if we do need to, also let's break that down. In 1993, she was a solo parent and a, use of, a university student at the mm. same time. And Matilda Toure claimed an accommodation supplement for the rented accommodation, but she did not declare her flatmates. The maximum supplement at the time was $50 a week. All right, so she lied and said that she was living by herself. When, what was the estimated total of the fraud that she was committing? Uh, I was like $70 a week, but estimated total is about 7800 Seven. So I think I need to, let me keep that, yeah. that 7800 in my mind. Yeah, yeah, keep, yeah, keep yeah. that because you're going you're gonna to need it, right? Um, but in July 2009, oh. the Dominion Post revealed that Bill English had ca- claimed more than $900 a week, twice what he was eligible for as an no- uh, ordinary MP, for a $1.2 million Karori house owned by the family's trust, while claiming a Southland house as his primary address. So let me, so I got that 7800 in my mind. Yeah, so 7800 was... That fraud. Bill English's was thirty-two thousand. Also, I lived in the same neighborhood as Bill, and I've seen the property, but also I have not. Do you mm. know why? Gated community type oh. property. It's one of those gate out front, massive long drives. So I don't know what it looks like. Exactly, and I mean, Bill English faced no charges. There was no public outcry. There was nothing. Nothing. But, but with Matilda today, calls a resignation. Mm-hmm. And charges mm-hmm. exactly, and I mean, even sold out by her leader to just say, yeah. oh, look, like this is bad." And this stuff tagline from July twenty sixth, two thousand seventeen, was today had time to campaign while on domestic purposes benefit, but didn't look for a job, which I think is the most tone deaf tagline you could possibly and just possibly the pay. amount. I mean, we've, we've just been talking about the layers of privilege in the previous comment. This has so many of them as well. So many, so many. And I'm like, like, I mean, this is the news. 
This is the news <laughs> just saying that, like, yeah, she was campaigning for the, you know, f- for this and that. And it's like, oh, like. Why don't you just why go you get a for job? job? Yeah, just why go get a job. job. Also, while she was campaigning, she was definitely making networks that made her an MP. Yeah. And, like, look, that's that's another thing right there. But I know that this generation knows how to hustle. And they know that you need to be in the right place at the right time and know the right people. People to get to where you want to go. Yeah. So, like, we get that. Right? But some of the comments don't. Um, and we're going to end on the fact that Matilda Toure's decision to resign uh, as Green Party co-leader followed uh, her admission to benefit fraud came on August 9th. Um, and once again, the comments vilified her for frauding the benefit system, for needing that extra cash to live as a solo mother in a university accommodation. And I've, I've got to wonder... I've got to wonder about the Ashburton shooting because what happened there was terrible and it's inexcusable. It's almost incalculable to what a human being could do. But I wonder if that person had continued on the benefit and frauded the benefit instead of quote unquote being hard done by, would we be vilifying him in the comments? Would we be having the public outcry of these are my hard-earned tax dollars. The calls for resignation. Like, can this person just get a life? What if we just gave them a wind's food bag? Why can't they just develop some cooking skills? No smoking or drinking. You, you, you have what I have. Imagine if we did that to that person. You know, and I, I'm, not, I'm not excusing his actions, and I'm not saying that, like... What he did was correct at all. That the welfare system is perfect in any capacity. Absolutely not. But I gotta, I gotta call out all of the people that commented on these, on these like, on these articles because it was tone deaf. And a lot of the journalists that wrote these articles, tone deaf, didn't understand the problem at hand, and it just played into the rhetoric that the beneficiaries are voluntarily sitting on their ass. Waiting for a check to come to them. Fucking floor, just somebody.